Hey guys, welcome back to the Deeper Podcast. Today we are starting in the book of Exodus, and Exodus picks up right around where the book of Genesis closes off with the death of Joseph. Joseph was an incredible, incredible person, and he, uh, it was through, through, obviously through the power of God working in him, but it was that power that saved so many millions of people. Egypt would have been devastated had they not stored up grain and had they not uh, had they not prepared for the seven years of famine. And it was God who used Joseph to to uh, to to lead Egypt through that difficult season, difficult time. And you know we talked about that at length for the last three episodes. And the Bible spent a significant portion of uh, really the last half of Genesis on the story of Joseph and and God's faithfulness there because that's what brought the the what would be known as the nation of Israel at this point it's a family the family of Jacob into Egypt where they could basically have an incubation period where they could grow in a safe environment but unfortunately as we learn today in today's reading that environment it didn't always stay safe and in fact it became it became a pretty difficult environment for the nation of Israel to live in. And so we're going to we're going to break some of these things down. And if you're new to this podcast, what we do here, we don't read the Bible to you. This is a daily um, it's basically a commentary on today's reading and we just talk about it and we talk about some of the things that are difficult to understand, some of the impactful parts of it and really just to be honest, sometimes it can be very hard to pinpoint some of the things because the Bible is layered with with uh, incredible, incredible depth. And there's so much, when you read the Bible, there's so much to it. And so I spent a lot of time just studying, and it's honestly for me, it's been this year, you know, we've been doing this for now, this is the 15th day, and, uh, and this year has been been great. I've been in my word more than probably any other time in my life. So I appreciate that part of it. And I hope that it's lighting a fire in you to want to dig deeper into your word, to want to study. And so that's the whole goal of this podcast. So that being said, let's jump into the book of Exodus. Now, like I said before, the book of Exodus picks up around about where uh, where Genesis left off, and it talks about the death of Joseph, and and then it goes into um, the generations that are coming uh, from the what would be now known as the nation of Israel. They've gone from a family of seventy people or so to around six hundred thousand men, and that's not even including the women and children. So some experts pinpoint this to be around two hundred. I'm sorry, two million people. So there's a lot of people. This this family has grown into a nation. Now, how long did that take to happen? Well, I, some commentaries say around a hundred years because the Bible talks about four generations. Other commentaries talk about and they point to scriptural evidence where there's 430 years, and so it is up for debate. But the one thing that's not up for debate is how many people the nation of Israel has become, and that's the important part. So with this explosion in population growth with this specific people group, 
in Egypt is going to the, 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 with that there's going to be growing pains with the overall nation and that's what the new Pharaoh this new king is concerned about he's concerned about how rapidly this population's growing and he's thinking you know if they're growing they're gonna outgrow us soon they're gonna be more powerful than we are and we're going to be susceptible to uh, to, to outside threats and inside threats and he's trying to make sure there's a good balance of power and that that he basically remains in charge and in control of his country and so he perceives this large people group to be a threat and so now it's important to note that the Bible does talk about that this Pharaoh knew nothing of Joseph so not only was he concerned about this population growing into a threat he really didn't have any respect for the things that Joseph had done so many years before it's easy to look at the Bible and say, well, what's wrong with this Pharaoh? Why is he like this? I mean, you know, would he, does he not understand that he likely wouldn't have a nation to rule over had it not been for Joseph and had it not been for this people and their family? But the short answer to that is he didn't care. He was more concerned about what have they done for me lately. And lately, in his mind, they've become a threat. And so immediately Pharaoh imposes some pretty harsh uh, some pretty harsh policies, all with the goal of tampering the growth of this people and, and maintaining power over them. And so the first thing he does is he imposes slavery over the Israelites. And he had he put them to work, and it, and it was very harsh labor. And the goal was to, to, again, stop their population growth. But that didn't work. God continued to, to make them fruitful, and they continued to multiply. And so then Pharaoh makes a, a, an even more grim policy, and the he, he goes first off before he makes his policy, he asks the midwives to kill newborn males from the Hebrew population, from Hebrew parents, and to which these midwives they just refuse to do it; they would not do it. And so, at this point, Pharaoh is fed up completely, and he orders that every newborn Hebrew boy be thrown into the Nile River. This is horrible. I mean, this is like worst of the worst when it comes to genocide, and God does not honor that. And, and it's, you know, this is one of the dark places in history, and I think it's easy to just kind of gloss over that. But truth be told, these were actual people, and these babies were actual babies that they threw into the river in order to maintain power. I think that's awful. That's horrible. God thinks that's awful and horrible. And it's one of the things that led God to call Moses back to Egypt. And, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because we haven't even talked about Moses. But this basically initiates the Exodus. This is the point where God says, okay, now it's time to take my people out of Egypt. And he begins the process with a man named Moses. Now, Moses was a Hebrew boy born in this time period. And so, if you're a Hebrew boy born in this time period, your future is not very bright because, again, Pharaoh, the, the, the king, had made a policy that every newborn Hebrew boy be thrown into the Nile River. So uh, Moses' mom protects him from this and keeps him till he's about three months old. And I don't know about you if you've ever been around a three-month-old. I've been around four of them, and not a one of them are quiet. And so it becomes impossible and, in fact, dangerous for for, uh, for Moses' parents to keep him. And so they devise a plan, and they take Moses to, uh, they, they take, and at this point, he's not named Moses. And so they take him to the Nile River where Pharaoh's daughter is bathing. 
and they they put him basically in a box that they waterproof made of reeds and everything and they take him and they hide him in such a way that Pharaoh's daughter will find him and, and likely he was crying and so that's probably what piqued your interest and and they had another setup to where um, to where another woman w would be there and Pharaoh's daughter would find the baby and pulled him drew him out of the water felt sorry for him and then had one of her assistants who was this other Hebrew woman go and find someone to nurse the baby well that woman knew just who to find so she went and got the baby's mother and basically it worked out to where Moses was adopted by the royal family but he got to he was taken care of by his own biological mother probably unbeknownst to the royal family and to Pharaoh's uh, daughter so it all worked out and even the the mom was given was she was paid for her services so that that kind of worked out pretty good for them and so Moses was raised in the royal family he received the best education that Egypt could offer and everything is good that is until one day after Moses has grown up he goes out to see how the Egyptians are treating the Hebrew people, and he is dismayed to find one of the Egyptians beating one of the Hebrew uh, people. And so he kills the Egyptian. He murders him and hides his body in the sand. And the next day goes out, and he sees two Hebrews fighting with one another. And at that point, he, you know, Moses is, is kind of thinking in terms of he wants to be their representative. He wants to be the, the man that leads them out. And so he probably already senses and feels that calling in his life. But when he tries to bring peace, when he tries to say, hey, why are you guys fighting? You guys are brothers. Why, why are you united? Instead, he finds out that there's a rumor circulating around, or not really a rumor, it's fact, that he had killed an Egyptian. And so Moses, understandably, becomes very fearful, as he probably should have been, because when Pharaoh found out about that, he was irate and wanted to kill Moses. So Moses ran away. He fled to the land of Midian, and it's in that place where he meets his wife, and he works for his father-in-law, whose uh, name is Raoul. And he also goes by the name Jethro. And so we're not really sure why he has two names. Uh, likely, I, I read one one uh, commentary where it says he changed it, may, might have changed his name to Jethro because it means prosperity when his daughter married a Egyptian, a member of the Egyptian royal family. So perhaps that's the reasoning. Other than that, the Bible's not very clear. It just kind of, his name just kind of randomly changes. And so uh, Moses worked for his father-in-law for a very long time. And then, then we come to the burning bush where God essentially and essentially calls Moses back to Egypt. He is going to work great miracles. Uh, really, really, I mean, we. this is a very, very well-known part of the Bible, the burning bush. And I, I can remember being a kid in Sunday school talking about Moses and the burning bush. But it's at this place where God comes to Moses and tells him who he is. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of your ancestors, and the God of these people. I've heard their cries. I've heard their anguish. And I remember the covenant promise that I made to Abraham so many years ago. And, and God is going to use Moses to draw those people, to draw his people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so kind of without going into great detail or I mean like I said you can read this you can grab your Bible and, and read this this is uh, chapter 4 here and 
God gives Moses uh, signs and miracles. He's going to do miracles throughout the land of Egypt. And, 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 and this today's reading kind of leaves off after God tells Moses to go back to Egypt. You know, he does make mention that the people that wanted Moses dead have, have, have long died since. And so uh, it's a different time, a different leader, a different Pharaoh's in charge. And so the things have changed. And now it is time for God to call his people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And this this is where it gets exciting. This is where it gets interesting. And we're going to see Moses rise up and become the greatest leader that Israel's ever had at that point. It's a young nation and, you know, the law of Moses is still very much uh, it's very much relevant today. And I know a lot of times Christians, you know, we don't necessarily live under the law, but that doesn't render the law invalid. In fact, we see that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And so when we study the law, not that we live under the law, but we're going to learn a lot more about why Jesus came. And we're going to learn a lot more about what God desires of his people and what God commands of his people specifically at this point. And so this is going to usher in a fascinating, fascinating time in this nation and in world history as it pertains to Christianity and our faith. The Old Testament is not something that is outdated. The Old Testament is something that lays the groundwork for the coming Messiah. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and we're going to learn about the law over the next couple days and in the coming weeks. And so, guys, this the Old Testament is fascinating. This book of Exodus is exciting, and we're going to see how God works one miracle after the other, after the other, after the other. Really, really exciting point in the Bible. I don't know there's a part of the Bible that's not exciting. And so I am so excited to to work through these next couple days, next couple weeks. And this year, it's going to be a blast. So thank you for being on the journey. Um, you know, I've told you guys before, we're going through the Bible in a year. Uh, by the end of the year, on December 31st, 2021, you, if you've listened to every podcast, you will have read the entire, not just read the entire Bible, but if you've listened to these podcasts, we're going to break it down, talk about it, talk about some of the details that maybe are glossed over in your initial reading. So thank you for being on, on the journey with us. This is exciting and, and you're part of it. Hey, we will see you tomorrow as we talk about the Exodus. Exodus.